taking names and kicking butts. This is Head Kicks and Haymakers. Good morning, fight fans. I am that dude, Bodkins. Welcome to another episode of Head Kicks and Haymakers. Wow! Wow, that's how I'm going to open up this show. Incredible night uh, last night. Uh, as always, I'm joined with Mr. Sm by Mr. Smoking Amigo, Kenny Miller, and the main man, K with a Craig, Craig. Boys, wow. Uh, I mean, let's go ahead and, I mean, I just, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, Leon Rocky Edwards shocks the world last night. Uh, I mean, he was down three three rounds to one going into the uh, fifth round. And then it looks like he's going to lose. I mean, the announcers are, I mean, everybody's finishing, finishing off, finishing them off. The announcer saying, Hey, you know, uh, this is it. Rocky just didn't fly enough. He wasn't calculated, looked defeated in his corner. I'm thinking, Hey, what's next for Usman? What's next for Rocky? And all of a sudden Leon lands a kick out of absolutely in nowhere and lights out on the nightmare, 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 Usman didn't even know what happened, where he was, and now we have and new USC welterweight champion Leon Rocky Edwards, as predicted by yours truly, baby. Kenny, I thought this fight was over. How shocked were you last night? Uh, same. Um, I kind of said yesterday that I thought it would go a lot like the first one where Leon would look really good with the takedown defense in the first round and then Usman would kind of turn it on. It's basically exactly what we saw. Leon looked really good in the first round, got that first round. Usman turned it on in the second. His wrestling kind of took over. Uh, he started landing some big body shots and uh, Leon wasn't able to counter as well. Um, I mean, like we kind of talked about in the pre-show, boys, everybody in the world, including Leon's corner, knew what he had to do in that fifth round if, uh, if he was ever going to touch that belt. And boys, did he ever do it. Craig, I mean, in going into that fight, we kind of talked about it pre-show. And we, we even have a, a comment here uh, from Landis kind of saying, star of the night, Edwards corner, quit, you know, effing or feeling sorry for yourself before round five. I mean, there, his corner was telling him, you know, this is it, Rocky. This is it. Uh, I mean, wow. What's your take here on uh, Leon Edwards? Yeah, for sure, man. Credit to the corner. Like we were talking, uh, you know, just before we came live on the air, man. Like, I mean, we the, the corner was getting us pumped up. It was getting the fans pumped up. How could it not be getting Leon pumped up, you know? Um, but you're right. I mean, the first round, I mean, Leon came out and Leon looked good. And when he got that takedown of Usman, it was just kind of like Usman, like something clicked in his head. Like, oh, man, I've never been here before. This is this is some real stuff. But I mean, credit to Usman. That's we've seen him do this before, man. He makes great adjustments mid-fight, and he knows what he's got to do to win them. And then round two, three, four, it was just—I mean, right back in Usman's ball game, um, in Usman's playing field. Um, those rounds kind of reminded me a lot of uh, Usman Jorge uh, the first time around, where Usman just controls the fight and uh, knows how to win the scorecard. 
Um, but, man, you can't count out the strikers in this game. And like we always say, I mean, that's the beauty of this sport is, I mean, things like that can ha- – like things like what we saw happen last night can happen, and that's what makes it so exciting. But uh, uh, you're right. I mean, everybody, the, the crowd, the announcers, us, everybody. I mean, we we laid Leon down in the grave. We put the dirt on top. We were setting flowers down, man. We already knew where it was going, and he just undertakered out of that thing and landed a kick to Usman's face. And crumbled him. I mean, didn't even have to jump on top of him and, and get some hammer fists in before getting the ref to pull him off. It was one kick, crumble, game over. And uh, credit credit to Leon. Um, I picked him as my dog last night, too, but I wasn't – I mean, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't feeling 100% confident in that pick. Um, I like Leon, but Kamaru is a bad man, um, so you got to tip your hat. And uh, like, like the comment said there from Chris Landis, man, that corner – I mean, it's just that his corner man going into round five knew what he needed to do, and they knew how to translate that to Leon. Yeah, I mean, there was a minute left in this fight. I mean, Kamar Usman's a minute away from winning this winning this fight. I mean, continuing this upper echelon of you know putting himself in that goat this goat class of you know uh, Anderson Silva and GSP. So, Kenny, I mean, is that all out the window? I mean, both. The, Obviously, the Anderson Silva, like, 15 fights in a row to start UFC careers over. But, like, as far as, like, the GSP chase, I mean, G- we saw GSP stumble and come back. I mean, what's what's next here for, for you know, the legacy for Usman? I think it's a little different than GSP's situation just because GSP, when he stumbled, it was against Matt Sarah, And that was before he was the GOAT. We've seen Usman now take a stumble while he was on that GOAT rise. Um, I don't think that it's just – all the trains completely off the rails. I don't think anybody can say that. Um, he won three and a half rounds of that fight. Um, he lost the first round. And he lost the last minute of that fight um, in a bad way. But I don't think you can look at that and say, oh, Usman's done. Um, I don't think anybody's looking at Amanda and saying she wasn't the GOAT after she lost to Pena. Um, I think once they run it back, if, if it happens again, then we're looking at an Aljo Yon situation where it's like, oh, maybe he really does just have your number. And then we're having a different conversation. But if they run it back and Usman finishes him, then obviously he's right back where he belongs um, in that talk. Now, as far as the GSP Anderson Silva, those types of talks, those might take a little bit of a hit. It's going to take a few a few wins strung together and getting that belt back and getting a few more title defenses before he's able to really, I think, put his stamp on that again. Um, right now, he's just got to get the pound for pound crown back from bulk, right? Well, I mean, he's got to get the uh, he's got to worry about Leon getting the belt back from Leon first before he worries about getting back the pound per pound for pound. Well, I mean, in hand, he does one, he's going to do the other. Craig, that that emotion last night. I mean, we talked about a minute left. Uh, I mean, imagine you're at the you're at the you know stadium there, and you're getting ready. You probably get ready to leave, right? Like, hey, I'm not, I'm gonna beat traffic early, and all of a sudden you're just packing up, and you look back, and there's Leon laying out Usman. <laughs> And the crowd just going absolutely nuts. That's what, you know, the emotion that Leon had last night is why absolutely why you love sports and why you love this, uh, you know, this game of fighting because anytime this thing can change, you know, uh, it's hard to correlate like what, where does this rank at as far as like maybe upsets or like finishes that we've ever seen, Craig, because like I was trying to think about that this morning. To me, it's better than Pena and Nunez a couple – not as far as maybe the upset, just how it happened and when it happened. I I, don't, I think that's got to be right up there, this comeback 
victory because it was all but, you know, like you said, The Undertaker was, you know, covering up Rocky here. I mean, where do you rank this as far as maybe like comebacks or fights? Or I mean, this was just an absolutely crazy ending. Yeah, man, as far as comebacks, I mean, it's got to be up there. Actually, um, last night when it happened, I was thinking in my head, like, this has got to be up there with just the the guys that have, like, how much time they've lost to fight and still pulled it out at the end. Uh, we all remember uh, Chael Sonnen and Anderson Silva's fight. But, um, I mean, outside of that one, I can't remember a guy that was just – outside of that first round, I mean, Leon was losing – everything else after that a guy that had been dominated for you know 15 almost 20 minutes there and then just pulls out a swift one to to change the whole narrative um as far as upset wise i mean i don't i think you know when amanda nunez got got beat that was a bigger upset um than kamaru and i mean maybe that's just i don't I don't know. It's it's tough to tell because, I mean, we're sitting here talking Kamaru Usman could be one of the GOATs, but I think, I mean, we don't talk about if Amanda Nunez could be one of the GOATs. Amanda Nunez is the GOAT in the female in the female fighting, in my opinion. Um, but this, I mean, as far as upsets, it's got to be ranked up there, man. Kamaru Usman was a heavy favorite. Kamaru Usman had, has, was on this huge run in the UFC, hadn't lost a fight, uh, multiple title defenses, um, and was looking better and better. And um, so for Leon just to be able to pull it out the way that he did, I mean, that's it's huge. It's definitely this is probably going to be like a, a UFC Hall of Fame fight. Um, just the way that it ended, it's going to be one that people aren't ever going to forget. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think when you talk about comebacks, you got to think about it different ways. There's comebacks like Chuck Congo come back against Pat Barry where or Matt Schnell against uh, or a couple weeks ago against Samari Junior, like where a dude's almost knocked out, comes back and gets the finish. There's comebacks like that. But as far as comebacks where somebody lost three and a half rounds of a title fight and had to come back literally in the last 56 seconds to get a win, boys, we're going to have to dig, do a lot of digging and put a list together to be able to find something that's going to top that. Yeah, equivalent to maybe the bottom of the ninth, you know, your team's down two runs, you're down, bases are loaded, you're down three runs, and it's, a uh, you know, you're down 0-2 on a count. And then you just somehow he pitches, you get one and you you hit a grand slam to win it all. But it has to be like game seven of the World Series. I mean, that that's what that equivalent to was last night. And how about Rocky just last night? Just what are they going to say about me now? I mean, what are they going to say about me now? I told him I told him head kick to the death. I mean, I got goosebumps, boys. I got goosebumps just thinking about the emotion last night from Rocky. This is a guy who's had this long road. Remember that I, I've almost forgot that. Remember they kicked him out of the rankings at one time because they couldn't get him a matchup with Hamza, you know, Hamza. I mean, it was just one thing after the next. Uh, it wasn't, he's still always, always Rocky two fights away from fighting for the title. And it all accumulated last night. Uh, obviously I, I, I'm going to go on a limb and say, we'll probably all agree that they're going to run this back. They have to right, Craig. I mean, I think that's definitely got to be one of the, I mean, one of the heavy options on the table. But I've, I also feel like if Chamayev beats Nate, I'm mean, Dana's already kind of said that Chamayev beats Nate. He's, I mean, got a title shot. So, I mean, we'll kind of see, like we were talking about yesterday in the pre-show, Usman has been, you know, looking ahead to fry some other fish. So is he going to put, um, you know, running it back with Leon and getting that belt um, top priority? I think he probably should. But he might have other opportunities out there to uh, do some of these other fights that he's been talking about. 
Um, and, you know, if Chemayev beats Nate, I wouldn't be fully surprised to see that Chemayev gets a crack at the belt next. I, Kenny, I think that I think Rocky uh, ruined all UFC plans last night with this uh, with that head kick. Uh, I mean, what's your take going forward here? No, I agree. Um, I think that it's probably better for the UFC, given the way this played out, for Chemayev to beat Nate, for Chemayev and Edwards to fight for the belt, for Chemayev to win, and then for Usman to go fight Chemayev and try to get that belt. I think as far as the money-making and the storylines, that's the way this probably goes best for the UFC. Um, but as a fan and as someone who loves Kamaru uh, Usman, I don't know how you look at that <clears throat> with a guy who's winning literally into the final minute uh, of a championship fight and say that he doesn't have a chance or shouldn't have a chance to run it back immediately. Um, no, go ahead. All right. So I think they're, I think they're going to run it back just because, I mean, we saw they do it right back with Nunez and Pena when they have these champions who have, I mean, Usman ran through the whole division. I mean, it was coming back around here and got caught. I think they'll run it back. They're not going to be able to run it back this year. I mean, we know that pretty much one, you know, unless it's December, I don't think they're going to get them on that card. Uh, January, we talked yesterday, that's in Brazil. I mean, maybe February at the earliest you run this back. And maybe, you know, Dana kind of said last night that they want to do it in London at Wembley. Uh, I mean, you know, why not give the Rocky the homecoming and let Usman go into territory and try to reprove himself again. I bet this time he doesn't overlook the boy Rocky. Yeah, we've we've always seen, I mean, guys, with the status that Usman is at right now, whenever they take that first loss, they usually get the opportunity to get first crack um, back at it. You know what I mean? Um, so I wouldn't be surprised at all to see um, it play out that way. I mean, you can't. There's no argument to say that Usman doesn't deserve it. You know what I mean? So I'm <clears throat> Kenny. I mean, would you see? Are you picking Usman? Let's just say they that this go ahead and gets uh, mixed. I mean, Usman the favorite coming back. Uh, if he if they do run this right back, if they run it right back, I would say probably. Um, I don't think it'll be uh, minus four hundred like it was going into to last night. I think it'll be. Uh, the minus 150 plus 120 type odds um, for Leon. So I definitely think that Usman would be the favorite just because he won the whole fight. He got caught. I think when that happens, you look at it and the favorite's usually the, the better fighter. And I think Usman's the better fighter. Um, so, yeah, I'd say he's definitely the favorite. Uh, but I don't know that the people that – I don't know if the analysts that pick the fights are going to pick them the same. I can tell you personally now I have to do a little – Digging, you know, but I would say I'd probably still pick Usman, but I wouldn't feel near as good about it as I did going into yesterday. Yeah, I, Rocky looked really good the first round, and then it just seemed like after that, Usman just, I mean, steamrolled him. And, I mean, he took was able to take Usman down in the first, but after that, it just seemed like whether it was the elevation, I mean, all night it seemed like that was bothering a lot of fighters. Usman, outside of, I thought Usman was the only one that didn't look fatigued after, you know, um, the first round and a half of any fight. Well, they weren't so Usman and uh, and Leon. They talked about it last night on the broadcast. Leon had been there for two weeks. Usman had been there for two weeks. Leon had been sleeping in an elevation tent every single night. Elevation was not going to touch those two. You know what I mean? So Usman. I think. The, no, go ahead. I'll go ahead. No, you're good. Usman also he trains in Denver, I believe, right? So he's yeah. he trains at elevation. That's that ain't nothing for for him. Yeah. So one thing I want to point out when you think uh, think back to Dominic Cruz, Cheeto Vera. One thing you see with these wrestlers. 
<clears throat> I even mentioned it yesterday um, as a, a strategy for Usman, the fake shot with the big right hook. Uh, the problem that we're trying to start to see is these counter uh, counter strikers with these long legs that they got these lethal feet. They're waiting. As soon as you go for that fake shot, they're kicking you in the ear. And you're starting to see that work. You know, uh, it worked against Cruz last week, worked against Usman this week, almost like with the calf kicks once uh, Cheeto got Sean, and then they started bringing him in, and then Dustin broke Connor's leg. You're starting to see that that left high kick to that fake shot. These wrestlers are going to have to start really thinking about that and having a strategy against that, I think. Yeah, I mean, the shot was so deadly. Usman just kind of leaned right into it. Uh, I mean, uh, Leon set him up nicely with a nice little feint. Usman leans, leans, and then just, I mean, lights out. What goes around comes around, folks. I mean, that's what that's the that, that's what's great about this game. I mean, uh, we just talked about it. Me and Craig were talking about it on the pre-show. I said it's funny because you know uh, Jorge Masvidal put Ben Askren on a, a, a absolute highlight reel, and then you know Usman puts uh, you know Masvidal on a highlight reel, and then last night Rocky puts Usman on a highlight reel, and eventually, guess what? Rocky's gonna get got too, man. That's just what happens when you have, you know, when you're throwing, you know, punches and bunches and legs and kicks in this game. Eventually, you're gonna get caught, man. And uh, you know, moving into our our co-main, a guy who's probably no longer gonna get caught because he said I'm too in old is Luke Rockhold. Uh, I thought that uh, loses to Pablo Costa last night, and I, what I thought was a surprisingly entertaining fight. I mean, both guys were exhausted. Uh, we talked about it at the uh, in the pre-show. I mean, Luke Rockhold after round one looked like us at basketball practice when we were teenagers, hands on our head down below, breathing heavy. I mean, just asking, Coach, take me out this game because I'm too old for this. And uh, I, I didn't know if he was coming back out for the second round. All credit to Luke Rockhold. Busted nose. Uh, ends up actually big brother and Pablo at the end, holding him down, just rubbing his bloody nose all over Costa. But in the end, Pablo wins here. Uh, nice victory for Pablo. I thought he kind of turned a little bit babyface there getting the crowd back into him. Maybe that's what Pablo needed was the energy from the crowd that we hasn't had in three years uh, in, during his fights. Craig, what do you think? What's next for Pablo Costa and what's your takes here on uh, last night's co-main? Yeah, man. Um, I, I kind of said it when we were talking before we went live today on our pre-show. Um, to me, this fight kind of made the card for me. Um, I was It gave me way more than I was expecting going into it. And uh, kind of like you said, man, after the first round, I would have bet I'd have bet every dollar that I have that Luke Rockhold is not making it to a decision in this fight. And the fact that he did, I mean, I said it last night in our group message, man. I mean, respect to Rockhold. He impressed me last night. Um, yesterday in the in the uh, pre-show, all I kept talking about was the chin. I mean, this guy's old and he's shown us that, you know, the chin can't hang no more. Well, Rockhold was taking some shots yesterday and. He was eating them. Uh, he ate shots. He was gassed. But every now and again, he would throw some wild haymaker that would connect a little bit, and he gained Costa's respect. So Costa couldn't just go in for the kill and kill him in round two and three. He still had to, you know, fight a fight. And, uh, like, the, the broadcasters kept saying, DC kept on saying, man, skill for skill, Rockhold's theirs. Rockhold's skills are just as good as anybody's. He's, man, respect to what Rockhold said at the end. I'm just too damn old. I'm, I'm done with it boys i'm just too damn old and you know what luke i mean it showed yesterday you are too damn old because i can't remember the last time i saw a fighter i mean gassed hands on the knees bent over and he was doing it i mean 
in the middle of the rounds. And I've just, I mean, I can't remember the, the last time I saw a guy like that and respect to Luke for, for getting in there and realizing, man, like that, that that's it. Um, as far as Costa, man, like you said, good win for him, but kind of like I alluded to yesterday, I felt like this was kind of the cookie to get Costa back. Like he, he was supposed to win this fight. Uh, he needed to win this fight. Now he's got some contract talks uh, here with Dana and, uh, you know, I, I imagine that they'll get something worked out and Costa's you got to give him somebody up there, you know, in the, you know, two to eight range, I think. No, I agree. Um, problem is uh, most people in that range have a fight. And so that part's going to be a little difficult is working him out um, as far as who he is going to fight. But that, I mean, that's the range he's in. I think uh, he was sitting at number six. He looked like the old Paulo Costa that fought Yoel Romero which we kind of said on the pre-show yesterday, if he's going to get that contract and stay in this game, he's going to have to look like the old Paulo Costa. And he did uh, find him somebody in that top five for sure. But man, credit to Luke Rockhold. Um, we get caught in that nostalgia trap every week. Thank God Dana gives them to us, you know, because we get moments like last night. Uh, definitely too old. Um, I think the biggest thing you've seen, you know, Craig brought it up where Paulo couldn't really go for the finish in rounds two and three. He was a little bit tired. But the thing you uh, we look, found out about Rockhold, and DC kind of said it in the broadcast, every shot Rockhold threw in the second and third round was to kill somebody because he didn't have energy to do anything else. He couldn't throw punches of bunches. So if he was going to throw something, I mean, he started throwing 360 roundhouse kicks, everything else. He was doing everything he could to try to just catch him and get one iota of a finish. Uh, so kudos to him, man. He went out on a shield, went out the best way you can, didn't get knocked out, so that looked good. Uh, but no, Costa looked good again. He kind of looked the way he needed to to stay in that mix and to really bring his name back to the forefront of somebody that needs to be two fights away from a title shot. Uh, yeah, my apologies to Luke Rockhold yesterday. I said uh, that he would look like the Gustafsson fight. And so uh, I, I always uh, I'll admit when I'm wrong and I always love when I'm right. So I was wrong about Luke as far as uh, he didn't look as bad as Gustafsson yesterday. But I mean, in the middle of that fight, he's looking for a foul so he can get a free sit at a free throw line and put his hands on his knees and catch a water break. Uh, except there's no timeouts and there's no free throw shots in fi in you in in fighting. That's uh, this is what it looked like to me. I thought Paulo Costa looked in great shape. I thought he looked slimmed down a little bit. Uh, I thought he looked healthy, a lot better than he did in obviously his last two fights. I thought in both those fights he looked bigger. In this fight, I thought he looked a little bit more slimmed down. Uh, I just think the elevation affected him as well. They both looked exhausted and tired, but like Kenny alluded to on the pre-show is, you know, it, it's different when Luke Rockhold, he's running for his life, really. And, you know, he's just tired because he's tired. And Pablo Costa's tired because he's trying to punch a hole through the wall and punch uh, Luke Rockhold's fights out, lights out. As far as, like, what's next, I'm looking at the rankings, boys. I mean, we know Izzy's fighting uh, number five, Piera. I think I did see that, you know, we know uh, Marvin and Bobby Knuckles are fighting a couple weeks. Maybe, maybe Pablo gets the winner. I mean, we know that him and Vittoria already fought a couple, you know, in that whole mess. Maybe they try to run that one back. Uh, maybe they do him and Bobby Knuckles. This Paolo Costa didn't fight Marvin Vittori, though. Not the one That's we saw true. last night. That, yeah. You could, you could almost give Paolo the loser of that fight, too. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's Jared. Uh, Jared I think they're doing Jared Cannonier and Sean Strickland. I think Brunson's got a fight. I can't. Oh, it's Jack Hermanson. Yeah. Yeah, that's who they're talking about. So, 
I don't know who's next for him. That's what uh, I'm saying, man. He, he definitely needs a top five guy, but shit, it's hard to find one right now that doesn't have a fight. He's kind of got to sit on the sidelines for a minute and let this thing kind of shake out. Yeah, and I mean, that, and that'll help that he's getting this contract negotiations too. I don't know if he's going to fight down. Maybe he gets Darren Till in his, like, his return fight. We haven't seen Till in a long time. That's somebody that I wouldn't mind finding. Two stand-up guys, I'd like that fight That's good better for, for if he can get that. That's another name that he can put on that belt, and I think based on what he showed last night, he's going to win that fight. Yeah, hopefully this is the crowd and what that energy, uh, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago about crowds and in the apex and things like that. I think you should, I think it showed last night that energy that Pablo needed for his feeding off the fans. And he even alluded to it, Craig, that, you know, these fans uh, helped him get pushed through, pushed through. And he hasn't had that into his last two fights before that. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, that crowd last night, I mean, it was, Felt like it, we might have been in Brazil the way that uh, they were back in Aldo and Costa, you know what I mean? And uh, I feel like that was big for them. It was kind of it was kind of neat to see, though, like it wasn't just us that Rockhold won over because he was catching booze when he was walking out when they were doing the announcing and stuff. By the end of that fight, man, that whole crowd was cheering him on, too, whenever he was talking, you know, saying he was too old for it and giving his speech there at the end. Um, but, yeah, so – Kind of like you were alluding to, everybody up there in the top has got fights. Um, that that uh, Vittori and Whitaker fight is coming up, so the timeline is kind of there. Um, but I I still think Costa coming off of two losses and then beating a guy, you know, an old guy like Luke Rockhold that ain't been in there, I think maybe you give him the loser of that fight. Um, the winner of that fight's going to want more than Paulo Costa, I believe, you know, and deservingly so. Um, so... We'll kind of see what happens. But, yeah, man, I think that that was definitely – that was everything Paulo Costa needed last night. Um, so that, that was a big win for him. You know, you're talking you're you're talking Vittori and Bobby Knuckles. Uh, the winner of that fight is all on board praying that Alex Pierre knocks out Izzy because that's the only way those two are ever getting back to the title shot. Izzy's going to have to lose because he's beat them boys twice. So, I mean, they're probably praying – that Alex Pierre knocks out Izzy. So maybe they can make a name, you know, for their name to be back in that title hunt eventually. But right now I don't see either one of those two in. So I, if, even if you could give the winner still Paulo Costa, because it's not like that, the winner's fighting for a title, even though they're one and three, right. Or one and four, I think ranked in the, in the middleweights. Yeah. That the whole division's got to be, uh, you know, hoping for, for Pierre, just like, I mean, the whole division last night was rooting for Leon. Um, and look, look for the the trash talkers of that division to come out of the woodwork because, you know, the Jorge Masvidal's and the Colby Covington's, now that Usman isn't standing up there with the belt, they're going to come out, start running their mouths and see, you know, if they can't get something lined up. Um, so I think it's kind of the same thing here. You know, Bobby, Bobby Knuckles, we've said it before, Bobby Knuckles is the champ of that division. He can beat everybody except for Izzy Adesanya. So um, anytime Adesanya's fighting somebody, you got to think, you know, those guys are just every, everybody in that division is hoping he loses. Yeah, I mean, outside of the light heavyweight division, when you think about it, all the divisions are sitting there hoping the champ just gets the heck out of the way. You know, Francis ran through the whole top five. They're looking at that saying, yeah, go fight Tyson Fury. Give us a, a year without you. You know, people are looking at Volk saying, yes, please go fight Charles. Give us a eight months, nine months without having to hear your name so we can kind of get to make our own money down here. So I think when they look at that, yeah, you got to be thinking if Prayer wins, hopefully in a fashion that can maybe keep Izzy out of that picture for a minute. You know, if it's an early finish, and by early I mean like within the first three rounds, it's going to be harder for Izzy to turn around. Like Usman can turn around right now, 
and say, I had that fight won. I want my rematch. Izzy may not be able to say that kind of the same way Stipe couldn't say that uh, right away to get his rematch. So I definitely think that those guys below him that have already lost to Izzy uh, uh, once or twice are definitely looking at that saying, please, Alex Pereira, just do your job. All right, boys, the, the third the third fight on the card here, uh, I mean, the, the legend that Jose Aldo just didn't look like he couldn't muster up enough offense. Marab just, I mean, was just all over him. Uh, attempted takedown, attempted takedown, attempted takedown. Finally did take Aldo down, I think, one time, but just was pushing him up against the cage. I mean, Marab's pace was absolutely just insane. Uh, he wasn't going to stand back and let Aldo pick him apart. That was for sure. Uh, big win for Marab. He kind of said, "Hey, I'm not ever gonna fight my boy Aljo." I mean, I thought in his in his post uh, post fight, like you could see his true friendship of what he in the respect that he has of Aljo uh, is there. Like I'm never this man helped me. I wouldn't be who I am here today. There's no way ever am I gonna fight fight him. Don't even ask me what's next for Marab, and more importantly, Kenny, what's next for the legend that is Jose Aldo. Hey, kudos to all the fighters last night letting fans know there's real emotion in this game. Leon cried. Luke cried. Marab sitting there talking about how he'll never fight his best friend. There's real emotions in this stuff. It's not just going out and throwing hands and feet at people. So kudos to them for that. Um, as far as Marab, man, he's kind of in that spot you brought up yesterday on the pre-show where Aljo said that he would consider moving up to let Marab fight for that title. Well, well, you better go out and beat TJ and move up then because Marab definitely is in line for that title shot, I think, after that. Um, I mean, the only people above him, Peter Jan's got a fight. TJ's fighting for the belt. So I think that you got to look at Marab. That was definitely his uh, title eliminator fight. Uh, Jose, you kind of brought it up yesterday. Uh, maybe a legend fight with him and Cruz. Um, somewhere in there, that 5 to 10 range, give him another fight where he can make some money, give him the fourth fight, third or fourth fight on a, on a pay-per-view. Um, give him, definitely give him somebody though, but give him a fight he can win, man. He's only got one or two more. Uh, he's kind of just getting to the to the end of the line, I think. You seen last night that he, man, his counter striking was on, and he was hitting Marab with some power shots. But Marab's just pace; his head was never in the same place. You couldn't keep up with him, and you could tell. I mean, when Marab had him against the cage, it might have been boring to some people, and Jose was getting frustrated. But Marab was winning. I mean, he won he won that second round in a big way, just because Jose couldn't get anything going. And when you think about that, man, there's a lot of them fighters. You th We're talking about Pereira and Izzy kind of the same way, where Izzy likes to sit back and just try to counter-strike people. Pereira ain't going to let you do that either. And so I think that's one thing that makes Marab really, really intriguing and a very entertaining fight. And I'm excited to see him get that title shot. Craig, I mean, you are, is uh, Marab title fight next? I'm, uh, I'm on the Cheeto Vera title shot, uh, you know, just because – I wasn't on last week's episode, but it's too long. But I just think that Cheeto, with the knockouts and the run that he's been on, has been a little bit more impressive than Marab, uh, you know, as far as – but, I mean, I guess Marab had the bigger win over Jose Aldo, but I'll take the, the guy who's got the knockout highlight reels. And Marab's already saying, uh, you know, he's not fighting Aldo. Maybe you match up Cheeto and Marab and winner, uh, winner gets the title shot. That's kind of what Marab was going to double say, yeah. So, so after Cheeto's fight, Cheeto, Cheeto didn't say, give me a title shot. Cheeto said, let me avenge my loss to Aldo. Um, well, Aldo lost his fight to Marab. So I think that, I mean, that's almost a perfect match to make right now, especially with the way things are looking there at the top. Um, and 
I mean, Cheeto Marab, number one contender match. I mean, winner gets a title shot, you know? Um, and then who knows how these storylines might play out, man. Maybe Aljo loses the belt to TJ. You know, maybe Peter Yan destroys O'Malley. Maybe he's up in that conversation. And maybe Marab gets to come in and, and avenge his boy Aljo if Aljo loses the belt somewhere along the way. Um, but I think there's there's some names up there that are deserving. And right now, Marab and Cheeto are two of the names at the very top. So putting those two against each other in a number one title um, contender match to me makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And don't forget, go ahead. Ken. I was just going to say, uh, don't forget about triple C coming back as well. The, the rating defending champion who never lost his belt, just retired, you know, retired. Uh, it, I, I put that in loose quotes because I don't ever think he really wanted to retire. He just was trying to get more money and then realized that the UFC is bigger than him. So, uh, but anyway, I mean, Triple Z could Triple C could come back and say, "Hey, I've never lost my belt. Give me the title shot." And I mean, I think Cheeto said, "If he wants to skip the line, let him skip the line. He deserves a deserves it." So I mean, this this bantamweight division. I mean, we we talked about it earlier. It's kind of this Grand Prix tournament right here. So Marab and Cheeto advance here, Kenny. Uh, I mean, what's next here? No, I definitely like the Marab Cheeto matchup. I think the the good thing. Maybe the bad thing, but I think it's a good thing at 135 and 145. So you're kind of seeing there's a lot of guys that are deserving, a lot of guys that can make a case, but nobody that's clear cut. And so there are a lot of fights to make whenever there's a lot of guys that are deserving and nobody that's clear cut to go find the guy that is clear cut. So I think if we can't if we can't get anything else lined up, then how no other fight will make more sense than Cheeto and Marab in a number one contender fight. Yeah, I mean, Peter Yan and, and O'Malley might have something to say about that here in a, uh, a few months. And then we still have a uh, main event between Corey Sanhagen and uh, Sa Sada Song Young Dong. So, I mean, th those two guys as well could, you know, eventually kick down the door. And, I mean, we know uh, Corey Sanhagen, he's fought who's who, had, took did take did take the uh, Peter Yan fight on short notice. But he's been always, he's right there. Uh, Song Young Dong's trying to knock his way into the top five. We know O'Malley and Yan as well in October. I mean, all these guys here are trying to make their make their claim here for who's next. Go out yeah, and prove sure. it. And one of the things about Aldo, man, I mean, like we said it yesterday, you know, if he loses his fight, his title contention is kind of dumb. But to me, as old as he is, man, Aldo just, you know, he's oh, he's – he seems like he's still in it, still wants it. Um, so I don't know if his next fight is his retirement fight. I kind of think it kind of depends on what he wants. I also think it would have been a little like we talk about Dominic Cruz a little bit differently because it's a little bit different when we see you get knocked out. Um, and Jose Aldo didn't get knocked out. He just got outmatched yesterday. Um, going into that fight, I said, I mean, to me, this fight all comes down to if Marab can get him on the mat and if you would have told me that Marab would have been 0 for 16 on takedowns against Jose Aldo, I'd tell you that I think Jose Aldo won the fight. But, um, you know, still, Marab was just pushing the pace and putting the pressure on. Um, but even there at the end, Aldo, you know, I mean, you could see in his body language, he felt that he had a case or at least he was, you know, acting like he thought and felt that he had a case that he could have won the decision there. Um, so I think I think in Aldo's head, I think he thinks he could still come out and win and two or three fights and get a title shot before he's done. I don't think that that's going to happen, but I don't know that Aldo is just going to sign off on, on a retirement fight on his, as his next fight. I could be wrong, but I just, I don't, I don't get that feel from Aldo. And he may not, but I think the, the situation that Aldo is going to find himself in 
is that for in order to stay in that mix, he's going to have to evolve. And the only way to do that, the way the division looks right now, is to pick up that pace and be able to keep up with some of these guys. Because you're seeing a lot of these guys, that's their new strategy is just keep the pace up so those big, long counter strikers never get a chance to set their feet and then knock you out. And so I think that the problem with that is DC even mentioned it last night in the broadcast. Aljo's got cardio issues in the third, fourth, and fifth rounds historically. And so to for that evolution to be, he has to pick up the pace even more. I just don't know if we're going to be able to see him do that. You know, it's funny that we talk about how old Aldo is because he's been fighting forever. But, I mean, then they flash up his thing and he's only 35, which, I mean, I was like, wow. How is Jose Aldo only 35? I thought he was like 45. But, I mean, nevertheless, like, I mean, legend in the game. I do think – I do would like to see him and, and uh, Cruz go at it. Maybe in Brazil in just January. I mean, that gives them both enough time. Uh, something to me says Dominic Cruz won't do that, but – I'd like to get Aldo a fight in Brazil at least one more time here in January. Uh, I was looking at, I guess he already beat, he did already beat Rob Fon. I mean, I was, maybe he gets like Ricky Simone or somebody like that, or one of these losers here in this little Grand Prix tournament. Uh, you know, if, if Song Young Dong loses or even if Corey Sanhagen loses, I, I could see them pull, you know, pulling, pulling that fight. All right, boys. Well, let's get into the the final two fights here. I mean, not much really to talk about. Nice win for uh, Lucia Pat Padalova. Uh, she just looked a lot better here. It looked like she whatever she was doing, working on when she was away from the UFC, put it together. And uh, nice win here for as well for Tyson Pedro. I mean, the biggest uh, you know favorite on the card. We talked about it yesterday. Made easy work of Harry Hunsucker. Uh, what's kind of next? I mean, I, I think for the, we kind of talked about the pre-show, uh, both those girls like, Hey, just, you know, it's just, they're going to match up with somebody that's probably underranked again, but is it time for somebody for Tyson Pedro? I mean, this is a guy who's, uh, his last two fights was plus like 400, 500, you know, favorite. Is it time to give him somebody that's maybe ranked here in this light heavyweight division, Kenny? I definitely think so. I think that if you get, um, you get a fight on a pay-per-view card and you go out and knock a guy out in the first minute. I think whatever you've shown is that you've definitely earned yourself a ranked fighter. Uh, there's a lot of guys in that 10 to 15 range, um, some guys coming off some losses that you can definitely put them against. There's Sockage. There's a bunch of dudes down there. Throw them in there. I, what he showed last night, what I thought was crazy, Hunsucker moved down from heavyweight and was still half the size of Tyson Pedro. I don't know how that's possible, but that was ridiculous. Tyson Pedro was a big, powerful son of a gun. So I definitely, man, throw him out there. Give him somebody in that 10 to 15 range of light heavyweight. And let's do it. Yeah, I agree. Um, whenever you're, first of all, whenever, like you said, whenever you're on a pay-per-view card and, you can, and you're finishing fights, you know, in the first minute of the fight, um, it's time to send you something more. And like Bodkin said, whenever you're plus four or 500 um, in consecutive fights, then it's time for you to move up the chain. Um, so, both of those things, I mean, tell you just about everything that you need to know that it's time to, you know, up the level of competition for him. Um, man, that that fucking stomach kick that he that he hit him with was nasty, dude. I mean, it, that was that was nasty. Um, and you know, uh, credit to Pudalova in her fight um, when she was coming out. Um, DC kept on talking about how she's been working on her boxing and this and that, working on her boxing. Well, you know, in the clinch and the ground and pound looked like she'd been working on that um too because she did a great job there that's kind of where she dominated the fight 
Um, you know, she was mixing her boxing in there a little bit, but you know, to me, I was I was impressed, kind of how she manhandled there in the clinch and then in, on the ground. Yeah, uh, for Tyson, I was looking. At, I was going to say give him Jimmy Crute, but I don't think he wants to fight another Australian. Um, so maybe uh, Johnny Walker, Dustin Jacoby, there, there, the you know, that's the fourteen and thirteen. I think Johnny. Johnny Walker, I don't think he's fought, has he since he got uh, his Sweet Dreams lights got put out. I think, doesn't he have a fight coming up? No, Krylov called out Johnny Walker, but I don't think they ever set that up, didn't he? Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, Krylov called him out, but I like that fight with uh, with Pedro a lot better for Johnny Walker than than fighting Krylov. Now, not necessarily for his rankings. I know Krylov probably looks at, or uh, Johnny Walker looks at Krylov at 11 and says, give me that. I think that fight for Johnny Walker probably makes more sense if it's Tyson Pedro. Yeah, so, I mean, like, the game at it right now. Um, so he is, he set up, Johnny Walker's fighting uh, Cutabella. Okay. Okay. On, but that fight's, um, it's the next, it's on the next fight night, September 10th. So, I mean, it's still, the timeline is still pretty, pretty dang close there. Yeah, but if Johnny um, Walker wins that, he's not fighting no unranked guy. He's not. No, no, he's not. Uh, so, boys, before we get out of here, a uh, little fight news uh, called in last night. Tony Ferguson moving up to, you know, welterweight here, going to take on the leech. Uh, I mean, last time we saw Tony, his head was getting punted out by Mike Chandler 50 yards. And, I mean, now it's Tony's finally moving up here to welterweight. Uh, this Is this the last gasp, Craig, for Tony Ferguson? It's going to be on the, the next pay-per-view here. Uh, or, you know, if Tony loses, is it time for Tony to retire? Um, if Tony loses, I mean, yeah, I think it's time for Tony to retire. We were talking a little bit on the pre-show yesterday um, about guys, you know, that have lost consecutive fights and then um, switching divisions. Um, to me, it is that's kind of you're grasping at your final straws there. Um, we're sitting here talking about, you know, Jose Aldo how old he is in his retirement fights. Uh, he's three years younger than Tony and Tony's, you know, coming off of four straight losses. So I think you got to be looking at Tony. Like, I mean, he's got to be getting close to the end. Um, you know, Tony's still got a bit of the name, I guess, but um, I mean, Tony's 38 years old. Uh, he's moving in divisions. Uh, so yeah, I think, I mean, if Tony loses this fight, I think, I mean, we. It, what else is there for Tony? Yeah. You got to think that, if if Tony loses this fight, he's probably got one more, and that's going to be his his farewell fight um, if he wants to go that route, unless he just wants to take the L and go. I think when you look at it, man, if you're Tony, your last fight was Michael Chandler, and this fight's Leech or the Leech, let's just say Le the Leech. Uh, you moved up a weight class, and you're fighting somebody that's barely ranked. You can't look at that and say, oh, man, if I lose this fight, I probably got another one. Uh, you know, when you talk about Tony Ferguson, that's a dude that held the interim belt. It's a dude who's fought the who's who at 155. You move up to 170 and fight somebody that, there might be people that still haven't heard of the leash. Uh, you can't think that if you lose that fight, you're going to keep going. I definitely think it's a it's a scary fight for Tony to move up and fight. Man, the leash is big, welterweight. You know, when he gets out there and fights, he's a long rangey dude. He's a big, solid kid. I don't know if Tony really wants that fight, but I mean, if you're going to move up, you're, you you got to have a ranked guy, and the leash is right there. So go out and prove yourself if you want to stick around, Tony. Man, but I just I worry about him. Yeah, I think this, if Tony loses, it's over. I mean, uh, how about, you know, in the last few months here, we've seen some legends in this game retire. Uh, we talked to Luke Rockhold. We didn't mention yesterday. I meant to mention Roy McDonald retiring last Saturday. Uh, I mean, just absolute legends. It's 
it's that turning of the card, man. There's something, you know, one thing that's undefeated is Father Time. And we're seeing some of these legends figure finally figure it out. Uh, you know, we kind of Craig alluded to at least, you know, uh, Luke Rockhold went out on a shield and didn't get knocked out, unlike Roy McDonald, who who did get knocked out in his final fight, and uh, in, in in the PFL, no, no no less, and no disrespect to the PFL, it's just not on the same level as the UFC, we know. But I mean, and you know, Tony Tony's learning real quick now that Father Time's coming for him as well, and it might be in the name of the leech. Yeah, I think the problem with Tony, man, not necessarily a problem. The problem with guys that have those such unique styles that take a lot out of you as you get older man that cardio is hard to keep up for three four five rounds you kind of saw it in the gaethje fight now he was taking a beat in that fight too but he wasn't able to keep up that crazy half capoeira style that he fights you know it was wearing him down a little bit you've just seen it kind of more and more chandler really didn't get much of a chance to see it uh but i just you got a unique style Cruz is kind of the same way a lot of footwork a lot of movement man these young kids catch up to that yeah man you just you think about tony man like you know, him and him and Khabib were set to fight for the title, and that fight doesn't work out, and it's just been, I mean, a straight downhill pour for Tony ever since. And, I mean, maybe Tony is to the point in his career where he's ready to go out, but maybe he wants to go out on his shield, man, and these last couple fights just ain't the ones you want to go out on. I mean, you don't want to go out with people, I mean, remembering the end of that, you know, fight with Michael Chandler. I mean, that, that, that image doesn't go away. If you've tuned into the show here, <laughs> it, uh, that's just, that, that's not how you want to go out, you know? So maybe Tony, I mean, Tony's the old guy, man. Maybe Tony's just trying to find a fight that he can go out the right way. All right, boys, it's time to believe is it. All right, boys, it's time to get down to business. It is uh, time to reveal who our pick'em winner was, and it's none other than your boy, Bodkins, baby. That's right. What are they going to say about me now? What are they going to say about me now? I told y'all eventually the belt was coming home to the rightful king, the rightful champ, baby. That's right. Nobody beat me in the ESPN pick'em. You two chumps couldn't beat me here. I told you I was perfect last night. Finally, it finally culminates. And just like Rocky, baby, it finally culminates for your boy, Bodkins. What are they going to say about me now? What are they going to say about me now? How about that, folks? Hey, con congratulations, man. Uh, your first taste of gold. Um... I'm not going to hate on you too much, but that broken clock on the wall still looks bright twice a day, you know. So uh, <laughs> uh, enjoy the belt for the month, man, but uh, I'll be coming back for it. Yeah, the blind squirrel eats today, boys. The blind squirrel eats today. Hey, well, these four glasses right here, we're going to be eating real good. I got a new prescription, Jokus. All right, you guys, uh, it has been an incredible episode, our episode here uh, I'll be back on tonight with our, my special guest, Dan Dave Harris of Let's Talk Sports. Uh, make tune in tonight, 6 o'clock Central Time Zone uh, at 6 p.m. We'll be back tonight. I'll also be on uh, Bodkins and Buffoon and Bodkins tomorrow night as well. Us three will be back here to next week on Sunday, uh, 7 a.m. Central Time Zone. There is no fight Saturday night, so we're going to be talking all fight news still. Uh, lots of uh, other things, storylines. I'm sure Dana will say something crazy and get some fights, uh, you know, put on paper, hopefully, for us to talk about. Other news we'll be talking about in the fight game as well. We'll be back.
back next Sunday right here on Head Kicks and Haymakers. Kenny, hit the outro, baby. Thank you.